Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Greetings from Studio B, where the podcast for the Saints and Pelicans is set to go as we start a new week. Sean Kelly here with you. Daniel Salerson, as always. Joel Myers, I just grabbed him in the hallway. He yes. didn't even come in here to Studio B. We've got an interesting show for you today. Interesting in the fact that uh, we have some emotions working on both ends. We have the emotions of yesterday's Saints-Cowboys game in Dallas. We're going to talk to uh, John DeShazer, of course, from NewOrleansSaints.com about that. And we're going to talk to Steve Weich from the NFL Network also about last night's game and the weekend in general in the NFL. But on the other end of the emotional spectrum, it's media day for the Pelicans. And General Manager Del Demps is going to stop by. Kind of give us a quick state of the program uh, address, if you will, and uh, help us get things started because, as Joel knows, Media Day is immediately followed by training camp, and we've been talking about this now for quite some time, but it's finally here, Joel. I mean, really. <laughs> and this is a team that I think that folks are going to be excited about. Yeah, and it's like the first day of school. Yes. You know, and who's in my homeroom? And did I get the classes I wanted with my buddies? Well, our buddies are back, which is nice to know when I speak of our buddies, Drew Holiday and Ryan Anderson, and everybody's healthy with the exception, of course. And hopefully it's only three weeks, not five or six weeks, Tyreek Evans. So an exciting time, and the most exciting part of it all is what we saw over the summer from Anthony Davis. And then Omer Ashik playing at a really nice level for Turkey, and I watched a bunch of their games on the Internet as well. And he's a workaholic, and it's going to be fun to watch a guy with a motor as strong as Omer Ashik. Joe Myers, of course, television voice of the Pelicans on Fox Sports New Orleans. They will kick off their coverage, I think, on the 28th of yes, the home opener absolutely. Uh, against the Orlando Magic. Seven preseason games here for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Joe will uh, be watching all of them, and he'll, uh, of course, be calling the game in Jacksonville. That's at the end of his first road trip upcoming. Um, and I know you're going to run off to media day. When you think about training camp and the returning guys mixed with some of the new ones you just mentioned, what kind of a camp do you envision here for this team? You know, whether it be the style of play in the seven games or how Monty wants to use the two-a-days this week and all that, what's your what's your gut feeling tell you right uh, now? Balance, chemistry, the way the rotation's set up and the way the guys look together on the floor, what Fiveson looks the best. Uh, regardless, you know, and obviously positions mean a lot, but who connects? 
who looks like they they have a good feel for each other on the floor. So where does Jimmy Fredette fit in? Because he's a spacer, and he can pull people away from the pain so they can't double down on Anthony. Uh, Ryan Anderson, how does he figure in? And can you go that big lineup? occasionally without it hurting you with Ryan Anderson, Anthony at the four and Ashik at the five, which was obviously going to be a difficult matchup for other teams, but is it a liability at the defensive end of the floor? Cause Ryan can't cover quick threes. So finding out about what formulas work for Monty and what mm-hmm. rotations, combinations and guys that really click together that have kind of that certain sense, they know where they are on the floor. Sounds like getting into the basketball laboratory, if you yes. will. Yes, very much so. An exciting time for us. I know. I, I'm I'm thrilled. I, I could hardly hold it in last week, um, and we still we still managed to sprinkle in some NBA last week. But now that it's here, yep. I, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited. You don't have to legitimize it. Make any excuses. It is here. Yeah, it is here. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, a good time. I'm smiling. That's for sure. I know you're really busy today. Thanks for coming by. My pleasure. All right, thirty-eight seventeen was the final last night in Dallas. We'll talk about that with uh, John DeShazer in just a moment. As we mentioned, Dell Demps down the street here. We'll be stopping by uh, Studio B shortly here on the Black and Blue Report, and also some national perspective from Steve Weich. Um, it's all for you right here on this Monday on the Black and Blue Report. Lotto's all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Stay up to date on the latest breaking New Orleans Saints news by downloading the team's official app presented by Verizon. Check out the 2014 schedule, league standings, and statistics. Plus, have access to watch live press conferences with Coach John Payton and players while reliving your favorite Saints moments. The Saints app makes the perfect game day companion with a detailed map of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome highlighting the facility's amenities. The free New Orleans Saints app presented by Verizon is available to download on iTunes and Google Play. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Steve White from the NFL Network here shortly. We'll uh, not only talk about Saints-Cowboys with him, but things in general around the NFL through four weeks now of the regular season. And then basketball talk uh, as General Manager Del Demp stops by to help us kick off media day and training camp. All that on a Monday here on the Black and Blue Report. As promised, though, alongside now in Studio B is Senior Chief, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. I spent a lot of time with John over the last few days, including last night at AT&T Stadium. Uh, I've been asked several times, John, and you predicted this. Last night during the game, John, I'll share this with you. Last night during the game, John leans over to me and goes, oh, by the way, I'm just telling you right now, you'll at least get three or four. So how was the team flight last night? You know, how were things on the charter last night on the way home? Uh, I'm up to five. I'm t- it always happens. Yes. They, people think when the Saints win and you're on the chart, it's Animal House. And, right. And if they and if they don't win, then it's like a a, a morgue. That we've got to push the plane. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. the same all the time, yes. folks. It's quiet. Okay. Quiet We're in our section. They're in their section. Yep. Everybody shuts up, puts on some headphones, earphones, something, listens to the music, watches a movie, watches TV, something. But nobody's in there just chit chatting around, just kind of you know whatever. So so that's the answer to that. To yes. that, 
So it's funny. You, pred- you predicted it. It's I told happened. you it happens all the time. If they don't win, people, how's the team flight? Okay, we made it home. It was a flight. What yes. do you? I mean, what do you think? Oh, I know. You know, you think they're running down the aisle, smacking people upside the head. You know, we lost. So I mean, it's just a flight. That's all it is. It is. I know. They think it's one of two things. Either it's like, um, either it's like the old ships, you know, rowing, row, row, exactly. or, or it's like the Concord back in the heyday, you know, wine and cheese and, you know, everything yeah. else. Anyway, it was it was a businesslike return to home last night. Um, there were actually fans out at the airport welcoming the team back uh god bless them uh, you're right That's, about that you know at 2 two thirty in the morning yeah, was, god bless them all right so 38-17 this one we've, we've broken down losses before i know that um twice before this one last night mm-hmm. at one and three now you know what do you want to take away from last night's game in dallas well it's it's always alarming when when it's uh blowout loss I mean same thing last year with Seattle I mean some losses you know, you don't want to say that they are are more acceptable or more palatable but losing by three and losing by 21 I know everybody says well a loss is a loss yeah but there are different shades and different degrees and when you are for lack of a better word dominated well that ain't lack of a better word that's what the reality is on the field you know when you dominate it that way uh, when the team is able to basically take the football and almost on command do a little bit w- of what it wants. And, and more than that, Co- Coach Payton said it perfect. They ran the ball when they wanted to run the ball and when the Saints knew they wanted to run the ball. That is being physically overmatched, and that's something that you don't want to see or have to admit. And it's going to be brutal looking at that film to see on, you know, first and ten their tendency is to run to the right and they run to the right and get seven yards. That's mm-hmm. going to be hard to swallow because, you know, these are macho men who are out there, you know, who, who make their living imposing their will upon other guys. I think it was it's Joe Vitt who's got the great quote, you know, basically um, enforcing your will upon another guy or, or making a guy bend to your will or something like that. Well, it's tough to swallow when you watch that kind of film. So that's what's alarming about a game like that. So, yeah, we can dress it up. And it's still nice, you know, it's a quarter into the season. The Saints are one and three. The division lead is two and two. So technically, literally, they're one game off the division lead. But to lose that way stings. It it stings and it, it hurts and it bothers you. And when you look at that film, it's like, okay, there are a lot of things here that have to be addressed. Coach Payton said last night, frankly, not only was it the comedy made about the run game on both sides, but he made no bones about it. You know, usually we talk about the three phases of the game. He mentioned four. He said, you know, offense, defense, special teams, coaching. Had I don't think he had anything good to say about any of it. I think that he did say a couple nice things about Kyrie Robinson, the way that he played last night. I thought there was some passion to play from him at times, but there wasn't much else. I mean, it it was a stark post-game presser with coach Payton last night yeah I mean he he's pretty generally pretty brutal after after games like this I mean you know the mood surrounding the team on on the first two losses you know three points at Atlanta 37 34 and two points in Cleveland 26 24 it wasn't you know upbeat but it wasn't downcast it was we're play away here or we're miscommunication there or something like that but last night it was more than a play away and it was more than a miscommunication it was Here's the hammer. 
can you stop it? And they couldn't stop it. And, you know, a lot of that, you know, he, he laid at his own feet and the coaching staff's feet. And, you know, there's a, you know, guys have to kind of figure out, you know, what it is that's going on and how to, how to stop it. And it's not uh, as simple as snapping fingers. Now, this is, you know, we got to remember, this is the NFL. This is pro football. These guys are, are, are paid to do this. So they're paid to figure it out, and they're paid to, you know, the same performance you saw last night in Dallas. They come home to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and it's no stretch to believe that the Saints can flip the script on an opponent. It can happen. But even if they were to flip that script on Tampa this weekend, they will look at this game against Dallas and say, okay, yeah, we got that, we got this one at home, but we got to prevent that from happening to us again because it ain't like that's the last road game, mm-hmm. and it ain't like that's the last good opponent they're going to play. You know, there's Green Bay coming down the pike, there's Pittsburgh coming down the pike, there's Chicago coming down the pike. There's going to be some difficult games to play down the road, so they got to fix it, and, you know, you can't just think the remedy is going to be playing well at home. Yeah, five of the next seven at home, but there are, like you said, some real sticky ones in there like Green Bay. I think San Francisco is in that same stretch. And Cincinnati, by the way, is also yeah. involved in this stretch as well. Um, I'm going to make this sound simpler than it really is. But for the sake of where this conversation is going, bear with me here. In week one, the loss to Atlanta, one of the big things that was talked about was the missed tackles. Something that seemed very fixable, and I thought they did a much better job of that when they went into their next game. At Cleveland, the loss... There was a large conversation about communication on defense and the secondary kind of coming together. And it seemed that they had worked through that in week three with the win over Minnesota. So, with that being said, is the conversation as simple as I'm making it out to be that after each of those games, there was something I clearly identified, worked on, and improved upon or is this a much bigger thing to untangle than I'm making it out to be, I guess? Well, you would think it's bigger. I mean, because you, you just mentioned the tackling. Well, that reared its head again. You mentioned the miscommunication. That reared its head again. You know, um, situational football. Coach Payton talked about it for those last That reared its head again. And as a coach and as a staff and as players, you feel like, okay, we've got this thing fixed. Now we can move on to the next thing. Well, those same holes – unplugged again and they were leaking all over the place and and you see the results on national tv and so now it's okay we thought we fixed that well it's not as simple as fix it and move along it's fix it and reinforce it and reinforce it while you add on and you know they slipped back into some tendencies that i'm sure they probably thought had had gone away and now all of a sudden, not only do you have to get those tendencies correct again, but now you got to prepare for another opponent. So you got to go back to the, f- the fundamentals. Okay, now we're week five, essentially, and the Saints are still talking about tackling. And they're still talking about getting guys down on the ground in, in the open field. And they're still talking about, you know, situational football. And they're still talking about miscommunications. And those are things that you want to have to talk about less and less as the season progresses, and yet here they are back at the forefront. So that's not a good feeling when you go into that coach's meeting or when you go into that player's meeting and you're talking about the same things you were talking about back at the Greenbrier and back in OTAs and those kinds of things. Those kinds of things, that's what drives coaches nuts when they have to kind of keep going back and reteaching what they thought was already taught and yet it, it, it pops up again. It's, I guess it's kind of like I guess it's kind of like dealing with kids. You know, when you got your kids and you tell them, okay, don't do this, and you feel like you got it fixed for a week and a half, and then, you know, your son or your daughter goes back and does the same thing. You're like, you know what, man, I thought I 
just finished that. Mm-hmm. And you got to go back and reinforce it. It's a frustrating feeling. Any parent knows it. And that's what kind of what coaches are now. That babysitting in there, you know, they're telling these guys, and, and now these kids are going back and they're doing the same things. They're missing tackles, and they're not getting the proper run fits. And you're having miscommunications in the secondary, so guys are running free. And, yes, it happens with NFL teams. You know, let's not say the Saints live in a vacuum here and it's just them. But when it's your team, it still aggravates the heck out of you. Yeah, it stinks all the way around. Yeah. Um, update me on the NFL's concussion protocol. What's next for Teron Armstead? Uh, he's going to have to uh, pass a certain amount of tests. Um, obviously, he did not pass those tests last night, or he could have gone back into the game. We saw that happen in a previous game with somebody. I can't remember exactly whom. So he will probably have uh, more tests as the week progresses, and I'm sure there are some benchmarks. And whatever the benchmarks were last night, Sunday night, he couldn't pass them. If he can't pass those benchmarks by – I think he has all week to pass them pretty much. Uh, so we will see how that progresses. But it I don't know how encouraging it was. They took him to the locker room, obviously, and he couldn't get back on the field last night. So we'll have to see how severe that is. And uh, once once he can pass those benchmarks, you know, like the NBA, he'll be, be able to get back on the, on the field. All right. We probably won't hear anything about that until Wednesday afternoon's injury report. So we'll keep an eye on that. Off to the locker room with your bad self. It's going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, most of these guys are pretty professional, so it'll be interesting to see, one, who's in there, and two, what they have to say. Because most of these guys will address, you know, what the situation was. I mean, I thought, you know, Zach Streif was brutally honest last night. I saw his quotes. Um, you heard Kenny Vaccaro. Mm-hmm. I thought he was brutally honest. And basically those guys were saying, look, you know, all that pie in the sky and, you know, expectations and all this, here's the reality. We're one and three, and it stinks, and we're not a good football team right now, and we got to work harder and get this thing turned around because in the NFL season, although it's 16 weeks, each game is so precious, this thing can get away from you really fast. The good thing, nobody in the, in the division is running away. If somebody was 4-0, that would really, really probably be a sound of alarm. You 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 know, you think, you know, every team's going to come back to the pack a little bit, but by virtue of the fact that Atlanta's 2-2 two and two and Carolina's 2-2 two and two and they sit atop the division and the Saints and Tampa are 1-3, one, one game behind, that doesn't scare you so much because the goal is, every coach tells you, the first goal is to win your division. Win your division, you get a home playoff game. Win enough games and win your division, you get two, uh, maybe the, the, you know, the road to the playoffs runs through your town, runs mm-hmm. through your stadium. So first goal, though, is to win your division. That goal still clearly is within grasp of the Saints, but they got to fix this thing, and I, I mean, they got to fix it quick. Yep. All right. Open locker room for the media at twelve uh, fifteen today. By the way, um, but more importantly for you all listening, Coach Payton's uh, presser on Monday is scheduled for one thirty Central. That is yours, of course, at NewOrleansSaints.com, and then John will have uh, today's New Orleans Saints afternoon wrap. Following that, kind of recapping what is the recap day anyway in the NFL week. So with that, we'll. Uh, Take a quick break and then bring in Steve White from the NFL Network. Dell Dumps after that from the Pelicans. Stay with us. Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino, and hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport bossierorg or call 888 visit 
Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Pelicans General Manager Del Demp still to come on the program today. Here we are on this Monday. It hasn't been a very good Monday around the city uh, for obvious reasons. But we'll try and brighten everybody's day with our old friend Steve Weich from NFL Network. Hello, Steve. I don't know how bright I can make it down there with, uh, with what happened to me last night. Uh, I'm here to do what I can. Let's start with that, I guess. Um, let's talk about Saints Cowboys last night. What were some of your takeaways from a national reporter standpoint? I'm, I'm blown away. I mean, of what, what's happened to the Saints. The way they played defensively last year, physically manhandled the fundamentals don't look good. I mean, the, the outside, some of the guys get hooked, they're like, run, fuck, on the outside. Um, I mean, and, and the, the, the takeaways, the lack of takeaways was such, um, you know, we saw, you know, the Greg Williams coach team there, the Saints didn't have the greatest of the solid they had takeaways, and that gives you three that off the shorter field. Really, any offense functions better for shorter field to operate. Good defense is really good in the offense. We know the Saints are built like a lot of zones, play with a lead, and then turn them past rush and lose. Now they're having to go toe-to-toe on both sides of the ball. You're seeing the flaws with the team. Dallas, their offensive line there is very good, especially when they're running the ball. But they just have gas. I mean, the defense is not good in the offense. It's really any chance. And they better fix that quick. Frankly, I mean, I know the coach is probably just said, but defense right now is playing like it did that season on the beach back Nola, where it really was just a disaster. I'm not often at a loss for words, but that's how I found myself last night. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Not yeah. just last night. I mean, you look back at all the performances. I mean, even you know, even the game against you know Cleveland, you know, letting the receivers bust open at, at points of game, you know, where, where you've got to make a play, it, it just doesn't seem like things are functional down there. You were at Levi's uh, Field or Stadium yesterday to see the 49ers, and I know I want you to to touch on that game. But whether, whether it be that game or last night uh, in Dallas or some of the other things around the league in week four, Steve, everything it seems that I thought I knew about this league or had a feeling about, I'm, I'm, I find myself throwing it out the window at this point. I, I don't know what to think about who's where and who's what and what's to come. It, it's absolutely stunning. It, it, you, you, know, you nailed it because, you know, I, I spoke to about four coaches before and after the uh, – the, the Niners-Eagles games yesterday, and all of them said there's only three or four teams that you know who and what they are. I mean, you you, you know what the, the Seattle Seahawks are. You I mean you, you you kind of know, um, you know what some you know you you know what the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Raiders are. But everybody else, it's up in the air. I mean, I've covered the New England Patriots. They don't look like a good football team. I mean, that offensive line. Tom Brady might not make it through the season. The way that line is playing, the Saints 
you know, what's going on with them, the, the, the Packers. I mean, first off, injuries, to me, that's affecting so much of what's going on right now. You're seeing offensive linemen. I mean, with the Falcons had to use a tight end at tackle yesterday. Um, you know, the Eagles played having to shuffle people. on. So the injuries, I think, are really impacting um, a lot of teams right now. I mean, you always hear the cliche, you can't blame injuries, but I, I can't see how we, we can't um, overlook that. You know, and who would have thought some of these teams, you know, like a Dallas, would be playing as well as it has? I mean, there's a lot of football left to be played, and, and things will, will absolutely work themselves out. But uh, it's just all over the place right now. If I'd have told you, Steve, back when we talked at the Greenbrier in West Virginia or any of our other conversations, that after Week Four, the NFC East would collectively have more wins than the NFC South, would you have laughed at me at that point? I probably wouldn't have laughed at you because I know by the end of the season that scale is going to tip. <laughs> I just, you know, the NFC East always comes down to nine and seven or ten and six winning it, and I do think. Well, I, I, I can not nearly as certain as I was, but I think the NFC South will, will kind of, you know, some team is going to get its, is going to get its footing. I, you know, I think if Carolina can get, uh, gosh, you talk about a team just decimated by injuries, but if they can get some of their offensive line issues together. They'll settle in. I'm, I got to tell you, I'm more concerned about the Saints now than I than I almost was during the bounty season because they seem like they're, they're, the talent is there. So many things seem in place for them to make a significant run, and they still could. But they just, I mean, I mean something just, I mean, just across the board, just doesn't look look good about them. So. We'll see, you know. But again, I don't. I don't know if Dallas is going to continue this run. I don't know if the the, the Giants are, are going to be this good. Philadelphia is a good football team. They, their their offensive line is decimated by injuries, but they'll get back on track. They just played the 49ers, who played their best game, and they, they played them, you know, at, at San Francisco's home field. I've been trying to hold back this wave of emotion in the city this morning. I, th- I was hoping you'd help me, especially when you look at the Saints at one and three. They're only a game off the division lead, and they play five of the next seven at home. But after listening to you and then looking at the opponents the Saints have during that stretch, uh, it's it's hard to fight the wave right now. Well, playing at home is going to help. Them. I yep. mean, we always, you know, we, we know the Saints are a better home team. I mean, there's no running from their road record. I mean, they could say everything they want about this or that. There is no running from the road record. I mean, heck, they played in a dome last night and got taken to the, to the woodshed. But it, it, they'll play better at home, and I do think that's, a way they're going to get better, but they've got to start getting takeaways. I mean, that defense has got to start doing some things to help out the offense. And for years, you've also kind of seen the Saints, you know, kind of every team has to figure out a position group where they can't spend their money, you know, where they can't, you know, really put all their eggs. And, you know, you've seen the Saints kind of say, well, the offensive line is going to be that group. Well, we'll play certain guys who we might pay a Jari Evans, but we'll let, you know, a Carl Nix or we'll let a Jermon Bushrod go. And I think you're starting to see a little, you know, a few cracks in that armor as well. Um, but, again, that's because Drew Brees and these guys are having to go 85 yards on drives instead of 50 yards on drives. And, and that's any offense, but that's how the Saints are built, and that's how they've played during their run of success. Again, they get takeaways, shorter fields, they get leads, they turn the defense loose. And now they're having to go toe-to-toe and we're seeing if, if you know, if, if they can really box, if they can go 15 rounds right now. And so far, you know, they've, they've been KO'd at about, about the eighth or ninth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Minnesota game intrigued me yesterday, especially because I had seen the Vikings the week before and 
Uh, Bridgewater was fun to watch yesterday. And so if, if Steve, we were to take the, the season in quarters, we're, we're at the quarter pole right now, four games in, uh, what's the next quarter hold for us? Who's, who's the breakout team? Who's the player that's going to maybe take a big step here? What are you seeing or what can you forecast with, let's say, the next four games, the next quarter of the season? Well, I think a team like San Diego Chargers is going to keep rolling. They're, they're playing fantastic football. And Phillip Rivers, um, you know, is, is off the charge right now. I mean, I think Green Bay, that win yesterday was huge for them to kind of get on track. And the Indianapolis Colts, um, they still have some problems, especially on defense and the offensive line. But I think of their division with their schedule, they can gain traction. And we've got to stop overlooking the Detroit Lions. Okay, they're, they're, they're playing good football now, too. So I think these are teams – that are starting to somewhat take shape, um, and I can see um, them stepping up. I, I'm still a believer that a team like the Cowboys will come back down to earth. Um, the Giants will come back down to earth. In, in terms of, of, of a couple players to look at, I still can't get over, even though they're losing Devin Hester. <laughs> What's going on with the Atlanta Falcons? Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing well. You know, it's, it's just kind of interesting to see you know, the, the, the breakout players that Hill could talk about, Antonio Brown, the wide receiver of the, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he never gets mentioned uh, in the top five receivers in the NFL. He, he, he might be among the top three or four. You know, so that's somebody individually um, we need to continue to look at. And, and, you know, let's say the San Francisco 49ers. I got a ride with an old guy who they've tried to replace for about six or seven years, and that's Frank Gore. If they keep giving him the ball, they're going to continue to win ball games. That's a great point about Frank Gore. You know, I, you're right. I, I just there are some guys um, that you just you're ready to sail them off into the sunset, and it's just all reliable. You know, it's like that good good hat you've got, just works. And the players on that team know it. They know if they give the ball to Frank Gore, he plays a certain way, like Steve Smith, uh, like an Anquan Bolt, like certain guys. They play certain ways that inspire everyone else to play that way. And, you know, I saw it in person yesterday. I've seen it in person with Frank Gore 20 times. And the fact that they keep trying to go away from him mystifies me because when you, when you ride Frank Gore, teams can't, teams can't stop him, and, and that's their bread and butter. Who wins tonight? you like the game tonight or no? I, I like the game tonight, and, and I, I like Kansas City at home. I, I think, you know, I watched New England, and I think they did kind of play down to their competition against the Raiders. Um, but they, their defense, the, the Patriots' defense is good. They, they've got you know a lot of good stuff going on at all three levels of their defense because they're fairly healthy. But offensively, Tom Brady, I mean, he's taking some shots that I haven't seen him ever take in his career. I mean, he's getting tagged. They've got to figure out some of their offensive line issues. You know, they lost their their, their longtime offensive line coach Dante Starnecki is gone, um, and, and they seem to have problems adjusting. But you're still waiting. Who is the game-breaker? Who is the playmaker on that offense now? And frankly, if, if it weren't for Julian Edelman and occasionally Rob Gronkowski, they're not picking up first down. But see, their defense is giving them takeaways. Their defense is giving them shorter fields, so at least kick field goals to get on the board. But I, I, I like Kansas City in this game. Um, it's just they're, they're playing at home, and I, I just, what I saw of the Patriots, I, I I think they're going to be up and down for a couple more weeks before they figure things out. Good stuff as always. Steve Weitz from the NFL Network with us. A huge get for us on Mondays when his travel schedule allows. We very much appreciate it as always, Steve, and uh, hope you have a great week. You too. Take care.
Yep, thank you very much. Steve White from the NFL Network with us on the Black and Blue Report. When we come back, Pelicans General Manager Del Demps here on Media Day for this NBA franchise. We'll do that in just a moment. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We'll have some more conversation about the Saints and Cowboys from last night. We'll head to the Buccaneers in just a little bit. But it is, and we've been talking about this now for a couple weeks, it is the start here for the New Orleans Pelicans. Media day today. Training camp opens tomorrow. If you can believe it or not, we'll have our first preseason game on Saturday night. With that, we're very, very lucky to have General Manager Del Demps in Studio B with us here this morning. Uh, Del, it's finally here. I know that not just for Joel and David and John and myself and Daniel and everybody else, there's a certain level of excitement for us. I can only imagine what it's like for you after working all the way through the offseason and putting it all together and starting up all over again. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the guys are all back, uh, you know, media days a day, and then, you know, we get out in the court tomorrow. And we're just looking forward to this group uh, playing together. Um, I think it'll be really important for us, you know, to establish the chemistry and getting to understand each other, know each other. And, you know, the, the West is tough. There's no, there's no secrets there. And so, uh, you know, I think we look forward to the opportunity. And uh, we hope to see all the people out in New Orleans come out and support us because we're going to definitely need your help. You may do this later today with the media. I'm not sure, but... Could you give us, or, or do you have kind of a, a state of the union or state of the program <laughs> type message that is on, on your mind as we start camp? Um, you know, there's a lot of cliches you can use. I try to stay away from those. I think that the most important thing for us is um, we have an opportunity to go prove ourselves. And um, there's no, no excuses. Uh, you know, we're not going to let injuries or anything um, derail us this year. You've got to be the next man up mentality. And... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's time to go. You know, it's uh, the West is tough. You know, we're going to find out how good we are. This feeling of proving yourself, does this does this come from the fact that you didn't get to do that? You didn't get to prove what you built last year because of all the injuries and everything else? You know, I don't want to look too, you know, too far in the past, but obviously, you know, the injuries did hurt us last year. But it also, um, you know, try to find some positives out of it. You know, I thought late in the season, um, you know, we saw the emergence of uh, Anthony. Well, I shouldn't say late in the season, you know, throughout most of the season. Uh, you know, I think he really took a more assertive role, you know, after some injuries. Um, and then I think this is also going to be an opportunity for some guys that are going to get an opportunity to prove themselves and show that, you know, that they're 
good players in the league that um, can help a team win because ultimately that's how you're going to be judged if you win. If I walked over to your office across the parking lot, would there be a checklist on your desk for this season? And how much of that checklist did you check off, I guess? Well, from a personnel standpoint, you know, we went into the offseason with some goals. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we had to make a tough decision on, you know, do we bring back some players that have helped us in the last couple of years, like, you know, Jason Smith and Brian Roberts and even Anthony Morrow last year, or do we want to address the center position? And, um, you know, we decided to, to go address the center position. We thought that was the most important thing. We need to become a better defensive team, a better rebounding team. And, you know, Omir, you know, that's what he does. He, he He's a rebounder and a great defender, and he's going to be the anchor of our defense. And we think he's going to be a good match with um, our other bigs, with Anthony, Ryan. Um, you know, we think that's going to be a, a, a tough matchup right there. And I think he throw a Jensa and Lexi in there. I think we have some pretty good bigs. You let Aminu go. Did you? How did you go about, I guess, taking care of that need as well? Well, you know, that's the big question mark right now, like, you know, in the small forward position. I think, you know, guys like Darius Miller and um, Luke Babb are going to have opportunity to compete there. I think, you know, we'll play Tyreek small forward there as well. Um, you know, we signed John Solomons. And so I think there's going to be a lot of competition, not only for that small forward position, uh, but also for some backup minutes. Um, and, you know, I think – Austin and Jimmer for deck gonna have a nice battle going on in camp and uh, you know the whole key is going to be chemistry you know what what pieces fit well together you and I are both friends with Quinn Snyder who's the new head coach of the Utah Jazz which I know makes you happy to see him get a chance here as a head coach in the NBA he believes uh, strongly in the kind of the concept of positionless basketball and when I was with him at the University of Missouri I started to see him kind of think that way a little bit do, do you subscribe to that a little bit yourself and when you look at the talent on this roster because you mentioned you know Tyreek at the three and just different pieces is that where we're going with this game or do you see that more now with the types of players that you're able to build a roster with um yes and no I, I think versatility helps a lot I think I think when you have guys that can play multiple positions that helps a lot uh I mean, I think there's still some, you know, I think you need a certain positions out there at times, but I think the key is, you know, the versatility and how it all fits together and do the pieces fit, do guys complement each other? Because I think for us, it'll be important that, you know, I think we have some talent, but for us to be a good team, that talent has to blend together and we have to be greater than the sum of, of, of all the individual parts. One of the biggest questions I get is about Eric Gordon. And where he is in his career, um, where is Eric now? As far as you know, he has some years on him, and that's a good thing, I think, in his thought process of playing and all that. But you know, whether it be has he had to change his style, or what's his what what do you see now for him with regard to this franchise? Um, you know, I think it's important that we we don't think that everything is on Eric. I think we have some good pieces and. The key is going to be the fit. You know, the key is going to be is, you know, you know, is he going to be able to rebound his position? Is he going to be able to defend his position? Is he going to be able to make shots? Um, is he going to be able to play in a team concept? Um, there's always chances for individual achievement, but the most important thing for us is going to be in the team concept. And, you know, I think with some of the guards we have in the bigs, you know, the things that he's good at, we need. And, um but everybody's going to have to give a little bit more and everybody's going to have to sacrifice a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
What about philosophical changes, things that, behind, that are behind the scenes that we won't necessarily see on a day-to-day basis? Did you make changes over the offseason on how you want to operate in the basketball operations world or different tweaks that you've made to contribute to the success on the floor? Well, we always believe in continuous learning. So, you know, we, we went out and, you know, we try to find out what things are working, what things are not working. I think, you know, we, we look at everything from the analytics to the scouting by eye and, you know, adding pieces, you know, signing good contracts. But um, I think behind the scenes, I think, you know, obviously, you know, health is going to be a big point, part of part of our program. And um, I thought our, our guys did a good job of putting programs together in the offseason to prepare us for the long haul. You know, and, you know, we, we, we really stressed – you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we came into camp healthy. You know, it was unfortunate that Tyreek injured himself last week. Uh, we thought we were going to come into camp 100% healthy, but um, he'll be back, and that's just going to give some other people some opportunities to show what they can do. Will he miss all of camp, you think? Um, For sure the first few weeks, um, you know, it, it all depends on how, you know, he, he progresses in his rehab. You know, we're not going to rush him back just to re-injure him. Um, like I said, could he be back before the season opener? We're hoping that. Could he be back before the last preseason game? There's a chance. Um, could he miss the opener? It's possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we don't think he'll be out. Um, we, we do think he'll be back, you know, by the beginning of November. Very good. Good. Hey, one more thing before I let you go. Uh, the first preseason game comes fast. There are seven on the schedule. Um, maybe unlike some past seasons, you guys have had a core now in place for a significant period of time as far as knowing the system and and everything else. So what kind of a camp do you and Monty Williams envision this time around? Will it have a different flavor than, per se, you know, say, prior camps? Um, I think so. I think one will be uh, we have some new people coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think with Omir and, you know, Jimmer, um, John Salmons, you know, getting them familiar uh, with, you know, the terminology and, you know, how we do things around here. Um, but it's also good to have some familiar faces that have the corporate knowledge. So, um, you know, I think there's an expectation level that's a little different than in the past, uh, which is good. That means that, you know, that we have some good players and we have an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to win games. And so, you know, we're just all excited and looking forward to, to the upcoming year and, you know, the opportunity to prove ourselves. I hope you enjoy the first day of school today. <laughs> oh, day always feels like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Good luck. And I'm sure we'll be visiting often here. And uh, all the best. Thank you so much for having me. Pelicans General Manager Del Devs with us on the Black and Blue Report. Right back after this. Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking, I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Individual game tickets for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. Make sure to score your tickets early to check out the biggest matchups and see the biggest stars of the NBA. The best seats for premier games are going to go fast. Visit pelicans.com and take flight with your Pelicans today.
Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Well, in some ways, it wasn't an easy Monday program. In some ways, it was great because we talked about Pelicans opening up, but uh, certainly recapping yesterday wasn't real easy on the football side. Nonetheless, it is what it is. We certainly thank you for uh, joining us here on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Special thanks to our guest today, too, uh, John DeShazer, of course, from NewOrleansSaints.com, Steve White from the NFL Network, and um, Del Demps, of course, general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans. Tomorrow on the program, more on the Pelicans. We'll bring you some of the stuff that's gathered today at Media Day. We're also going to take our first look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Winners yesterday, by the way. We'll uh, check in with one of their beat writers tomorrow. Uh, and so we'll be anxious to bring that to you. And what else do we have tomorrow, Daniel? We've got something else on tap for you. Oh, well, we're going to head into the Saints locker room today and uh, visit one-on-one with one of the guys and share that with you tomorrow as well. Hey, it's going to be a new day tomorrow, I promise. All's well here on campus, uh, especially with um, the fact that the Pelicans start two-a-day practices tomorrow. So that conversation continues in earnest. There's actually a basketball game to talk about this weekend at Louisville, Kentucky against the Miami Heat. Yep, it's here, and it's the best time of year when both teams are cranked up and rolling. We'll just get the Saints back home and once again back on track. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you right back here from Studio B tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.